Unity of Farmington Hills, a powerful path for spiritual living. Farmington Hills and welcome. I'm Jody Manastra. I'm your platform assistant today and I'll be sharing the announcements and upcoming events with you. Is that better? Okay. We're happy that you chose to join us today whether online or here in person. If you are a first-time visitor please take a welcome packet located in the lobby just outside the sanctuary. Please join us after service in the social hall for fellowship and enjoy homemade refreshments and tasty treats provided by our fabulous hospitality team. It's the perfect time to meet a new friend or get to know your UFH friends and family a little better. We are grateful for the success of reaching the goal of $50,000 for our capital campaign and seeing our dollars at work. We have the new installation of flooring throughout the entire building, which is just beautiful. 
As we continue this capital campaign, our new theme for the rest of the year is double the stakes with a new goal of $100,000. The new challenge has already started with a $10,000 anonymous donation. Thank you. So far, we have raised over 55,000, which leaves about 45,000 to double the stakes and reach the new goal of a $100,000. The additional funds will allow us to continue to grow and work towards making the church handicap accessible. Please remember to take a look at our resource activity center racks located near the front entrance. The resource activity center provides a large diversity of flyers or brochures that identify and promote resources and activities that are available to adults, veterans, youth, and family. You are free to take any information that is of interest. Also, if you would like to place flyers or brochures in these racks, please contact Donna Opoka. Come join us for our annual gong meditation on Wednesday, August 23rd at 7 p.m. Enjoy a deep sound therapy meditation with Christopher Davis from Sacred Wave Gong Immersions. His gong meditations are suitable for all to enhance relaxation, insight, and creativity. This meditation is in-person only with a $20 suggested love offering. Our prayer chaplains are available to receive your prayer requests in three ways. You can place your prayer request in the prayer box located on the table just outside the sanctuary. These requests are prayed over by the chaplains and then forwarded to Silent Unity for an additional 30 days of prayer. Or you can email your prayer requests to prayerchaplains at unityfh.com or you can call the UFH prayer request line at 248-702-0010. Today, Sue Serlin Resnick is our prayer chaplain and will be available to pray with you after service near the patio doors in the back. Please exit the sanctuary immediately after service to provide a quiet space for this prayer. Please visit unityfh.com, check out our Facebook page, or read through the newsletter that is emailed every Friday to stay abreast of all of our activities and upcoming events. And now, as the music team sings Surely the Presence, let us prepare our hearts and minds for our spiritual communion ceremony. spiritual communion, we, we all had a guest, we had guest speaker today, I mean Ben, so I wanted us to do it today because every month I have been starting us off in the month having a spiritual communion to activate our spiritual faculties. 
And so for July, the spiritual faculty or power is understanding, and that um, disciple that's connected to that or representative of that is Thomas. And it, the location in the body where we are going to be activating as we do the spiritual communion will be the front of the brain. That's where the spiritual understanding is. So I will give a brief um, summary about the Last Supper, and then we'll go into our spiritual communion. I'll say my part, and I want you guys to say your part as well, so you can activate it through the power of your voice. Amen? Amen. Amen. No, you're fine. You're fine. <laughs> I didn't have to say you did it. Okay. So the Lord's Supper has a place in the Church of Christ. Our church observes it in spirit. It is the spirit that gives life and understanding. Symbols are useful to the extent that they serve to the point to, to point us to the realities for which we stand, or which they stand rather. When understanding and realization of truth are attained, the symbols may no longer be necessary. Of what is the Lord's Supper a symbol? And you guys, bread represents the substance of spirit, the body of Christ. Wine represents the life of spirit, the blood of Christ. How are we transformed by the blood of Jesus? By accepting the life of Christ as our own. The blood of Jesus is his life. He came to, oh, he came, he came to bring, I forgot he's doing it, oh, wait, 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 let's start all over again, where are we? He came to bring to all of us the knowledge of the abundant, omnipotent, present life. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. How did Jesus say that they should worship God? God is spirit and they that worship him must worship in spirit and truth. The Lord's Supper is a form of spiritual worship and must be spiritually understood. How may we discern the Lord's body? How do we eat his body and drink his blood? We discern the Lord's body by recognizing that it is substance and that it is within us. We, we eat the body of Christ, substance, and drink his blood, life, by affirming the omnipresence of substance and life. We claim union with substance and life. This is the true sacrament. Our bodies are vitalized and renewed when we partake of this sacrament. How may we prepare ourselves for communion with the Lord? We may prepare ourselves by affirming deeply with realization my heart is right with God. Now stop again. Stop. Put your hand over your heart. And I want you to say that again. Together. My heart is right with God. My mind is lifted and quickened by the Holy Spirit. My ability to know, perceive, comprehend, and apprehend are aligned with Christ. And he took, a, he took bread and gave thanks and broke it and gave it unto them, saying, This is my body, which is given for you. Let's say this part softly. I now partake of spiritual substance as I meditate within my heart and mind upon these words of Christ. Let it sink in. Let it sink in before we say the next part. Take a deep breath and breathe it in. 
Jesus said he gave his body. And now let us affirm the next part. I now realize that the Christ's body is being formed in my consciousness. I am radiant living substance. Every cell of my body is alive and aright with the glory of God. My understanding of truth depends. Exactly. Let it sink in. You're activating that part inside of you that knows and understands. Let the Christ in you activate that through the power of the words you just affirmed. And he took up a cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave to them, and they all drank of it. And he said unto them, This is my blood of the covenant which is poured out for many. Let's say this other part softly. I now drink of the life of Christ as I meditate on spirit and the truth of his works within my heart and mind. I feel the creative power of life more abundantly. Feel it. Feel it resonating. You said it, let it resonate. And this last part that you affirm, affirm it deeply from the spirit in you. Together, I am the Christ, one with the living God. I am that I am. And let's say this last piece together. We consecrate ourselves through recognizing our purpose to bear witness to the truth only, to speak truth, to hear truth, and to see truth to the best of our understanding and ability. In this way only can we do the healing work of the Christ dwelling in us. And God, as we take this in, we let it resonate deeply within us, activating the front part of the brain, moving into a deeper understanding of the word that lies in our hearts, Faithfully, allow, faithfully allowing ourselves to follow you as we live the truth that we know. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. And so it is. Amen. Well, you know, whenever I hear this next song that we're going to play, it's as if there can be scenes of your life that flash before you, good times, hard times, times of trials, tribulations, times of great perseverance and strength, and you know that God is guiding you. So whenever we make our transition, this is a good song to play. I want my loved ones to see my life here and to remember that in the blink of an eye, we are here and then gone. So I will one day be in my forever home. We will all be in our forever home just like that in the blink of an eye. So we need to treasure our moments that we have here and now because we do not know what tomorrow will bring.
Wow, I love that song. Let's give them another hand. And I haven't been here since we got the, like, I, this is my first time actually being in a sanctuary to do a service. I was, well, I did the meditation last week and saw the floors, and it is awesome. And I want you guys to give yourself a hand because you raised the $50,000 plus to do this. And I'm so excited to get to the point where we can get the uh, restrooms upstairs handicapped accessible and maybe and put in a lift on the steps in the back. That's what we're working on trying to do. Um, but it's just so powerful how God's working. And I love that song. I, do, I, believe, I understand what you said, Lauren. I really uh, agree with what you said. He's, he's uh, doing his uh, video stuff with, with Howard. <laughs> so, but it's true, it's true. Um, so, man, sometimes you have one thing planned and then God will help have you plan, have you do something else. So I love that even though I prepare, I'm open. So today the, top, the title of my talk is Parable of the Talents. And um, let me just let, I'm going to let y'all know ahead of time, I'm very full right now, emotionally full. And spiritually full, and especially since I, when I stepped in here, I can feel you all, and so we're just going to let God do what God does. So the type, so the, um, the reason I'm doing the parables, and we're almost done, we got one more to go, and we'll be done with the major parables, and this is one of the longest ones, it's called Parable of the Three Servants in my New Living Translation Bible, but in the other translations, it is considered, it's called Parable of the Talents. And see, Jesus used several different ways to teach. He taught by precepts, which were statements like, blessed are those who are, uh, uh, man, my mind is just blown now, pure at heart. Those types of statements are do unto others as they would do, as you'd have them do unto you. Those are precepts that Jesus used to teach by. He also taught by doing miracles, which was really demonstrating spiritual law. He was really connected to spiritual law, and that's what miracles truly are when you look at them spiritually. He also taught by example. His life was a living example of everything that he, um, oh, I love your hair, Steve. It looks cute. I know that's a squirrel. Squirrel moment. <laughs> I'm used to it being long. And I don't mean to pull, call you out. His face turned red. I didn't mean to call you out. Um, but anyway, so Jesus used examples also as a, his life was an example of the things that he taught. And the other way that he taught, which was using the power of imagination, was through, was through parables. And parables are everyday life stories that always have a spiritual principle in there somehow that we can live our life that way. So every time you finish with studying the parables, you end up stepping into, if you truly desire, that fifth unity principle that says it's not enough to know the truth, what we, we must what? Learn, live the truth that we know. Yes. So that, look at my baby putting that up there. All righty, Howard. I see you. Um, so anyway, and I telegraphed it. I tell him what I want him to put up there. So anyway, that's one of the things that I love about Jesus is that he uses the power of imagination in the parables. So what, as I read this parable before we get into it, I want you guys to just close your eyes and I want you to use your power of imagination to hear these this parable and take it in and this is in Matthew it's chapter 25 it's verses 14 through 30 and I am reading through from the New Living Translation 
parable of the three servants. Again, the kingdom of heaven can be illustrated by the story of a man going on a long trip. He called together his servants and entrusted his money to them while he was gone. He gave five bags of silver to one, two bags of silver to another, and one bag of silver to the last, dividing it in proportion to their abilities. He then left on his trip. The servant who received the five bags of silver began to invest the money and earned five more. The servant with two bags of silver went, also went to work and earned two more. But the servant who received one bag dug a hole in the ground and hid the master's money. After a long time, their master returned from his trip and called them to give an account of how they used his money. The servant to whom he gave, he entrusted the five bags of silver, came forward with five more and said, Master, you gave me five bags of silver to invest, and I have earned five more. The, ma the master was so full of praise. Well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling the small amount, so now I will give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. The servant who had received the two bags of silver became, uh, came forward and said, Master, you have given me, you gave me two bags of silver to invest, and I have earned two more. The master said, Well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling this small amount, so now I will give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. Then the servant with the one bag of silver came and said, Master, I knew you were a hard man, harvesting crops you did not plant and gathering crops you did not cultivate. I was afraid I would lose your money, so I hid it in the earth. Look, here is your money. But the master replied, You wicked and lazy servant, if you knew I harvested crops I didn't plant, and gather crops I didn't cultivate, why didn't you deposit my money in the bank? At least I could have gotten some interest on it. Then he ordered, take the money from this servant and give it to the one with the 10 bags of silver. To those who use well what they are given, even more will be given, and they will have an abundance. But from those who do nothing, even what little they have will be taken away. Now throw this useless servant into our dar outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of the teeth. As you have your eyes closed, I'm going to join you with mine closed as we pray. Thank you, God, for this parable, for Jesus, period, and the way that he taught, the various different ways that he taught, and for us to be able to use this ability that he taught from using this parable. I thank you for blessing every word that I spoke and read. And I thank you for bringing forth the spiritual meaning on a deeper level, even in me, from what I've been studying. I allow my human to decrease that my spirit may come forth and be the expression of your truth. Thank you, God. Amen. So this was typical of the first century Judaism uh, culture where they would have stewards. We, we talked about a, a, a wicked steward or a bad steward in one of our parables where the um, steward used the, uh, swindled his uh, master's um, property, his crops, and um, he stole from him. And then uh, there's, so in this one, we are talking about how servants were given money to invest for a landowner or who had servants 
And while he was gone, he was using his money wisely by giving it to people to invest. And he, they would give him back whatever the profits were. <clears throat> so it's interesting when we look at this, how there were the two who took the money and invested it right away. And if you look at it even deeper, it said that he, they were given according to the, uh, the, in proportion to their ability. And so when we look at this, how the, uh, you can see the twist where two of the servants went and invested the money quickly. They trusted their master. And then this third one who's given only one talent is living off of fear. It doesn't even do anything to it, but digs a hole and puts it in the ground. Talents were a year's worth of, a talent was a year's worth of salary back then. So can you imagine a five uh, talents and the two talents and then the one talent and then it actually represents it says silver it, it's silver um, in here it, it was silver was given but um, in other translations the it, the word that's used for that is talent now it's interesting because from that translation is where we get our gifts and talents those aspects of us that we did not give ourselves that were given to us when we were conceived in God's mind, that we, have no, we had no earning of it, but as you use it, it becomes stronger. Does that make sense to everybody? These gifts and talents, each and every one of them, us has been given some type of gift or some type of talent, and some of us in one degree stronger than another, depending on what it is God has as far as God's plan on our life. Does that make sense? So you have some people who can sing, which we got some beautiful singers up here for our, our music team. You have some people who have the power to invest. You have some people who can draw things out and are architects. They can build. And they have the, you have the architects and then you have those who take that and do the construction. You have people who uh, manage well and direct well. You have people who are good ministers, and, and they have different talents as far as the minister is concerned. Some people are really good in the pulpit. Some are better at pastoral care. Whatever it is, there's different gifts. Each one of us has a different gift. Just think about yourself and think about what it is that you feel was given to you that you had no control over. And no one can take away from you. Now, the thing is here, they invested the money and they gave it back to the master. And then the master gave them a portion of it because it said, take, it says, I will give you more responsibilities because you did according to your best with the little that I gave you. Now, what does that mean? As I was studying this, I was looking in the Metaphysical Bible Dictionary, which was written by Charles Fillmore, co-founder of Unity, and, he, and also Revealing Word. He was saying that talents that are given to us, when, when, you, when, they when you get them, that's your capacity and that's your ability. But when you increase by studying and being it, it's the evolution of it. Does that make sense to everybody? That we are here to grow and evolve but not just on being able to use our five physical uh, senses to create something materially. We're here to do something that is so deeply connected to the spirit in you that it lives on forever. And this is the thing. Even though that gift, that talent, that thing that you do well was given to you, 
It is not yours. God gave it to us to use us to demonstrate in this world, to give back to God by the way we give to those demonstrations and expressions of God who walked this earth with us. Does that make sense to you all? We say that we are individualized what? Expressions of God. And each one of us, as an individualized expression of God, has the power to express something uniquely different than anyone else, because we're unique. But we're not supposed to express it for our own physical gain. And we are to do it through faith, how God guides us forward in doing it. And... Those moments that we don't, like this one who dug a hole and dropped it in there because he was so afraid of how his master would act. Some of us do the same thing. Some of us walk around with our gifts, our financial or whatever, because we have financial gifts, we have spiritual gifts, we have loving gifts, we have whatever way we're here to give. Tithing of your talents, your gifts, your treasures, your prayers. And we hold them to ourselves. And the more you hold something to yourself, especially when it's rooted in fear, the more you generate that lack limited consciousness, the more it begins to diminish and be taken away. And literally it's taken away in a way that it falls asleep within you. Does that make sense? Because it will always be one with you, but until you personally use it, it will fall asleep. And you will never be fully satisfied. Never. Where in your life do you feel the most fulfilled? What is it that you feel the most fulfilled in doing? Call it out. Anybody? Coaching. Coaching. Helping. What else? Husband. husband. Howard said husband. Okay. <laughs> Anyone else? Helping others to help themselves. Helping others to help themselves. Yes. Advocating. Yes. Now these things that you said are things that have no material value, but they have deep spiritual value. And that's the greatest value ever because it's the infinite aspect of you instead of the finite, finite aspect of you. Does that make sense? Think about where you really, 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 really feel unfulfilled. What is it that you're not tapping into in yourself that you really need to connect to? And even if you don't have a part of yourself that you don't feel unfulfilled, where can you strengthen what you're doing and go further? i tell you where to start. Because these talents represent the measure of faith that is in each and every one of us. And how you use that faith is how you produce in your life. And if you use that faith rooted in your human self and your human abilities, having faith in what you can do on your own, you're digging a hole and putting the talents into the earth. You're physical. It limits it, 
and you can only go so far. But if you're using your talents according to how you are guided by your relationship with God, and you're going to hear me say this for the rest of my life, how you are guided by your relationship with God strengthens your faith in God, studying, learning, sitting, praying, and becoming a deep expression of God is an act of faith that works. Does that make sense? Yes. Thank you, Debbie. <laughs> Debbie. <laughs> In James chapter 2, verse 20, in the King James Version, it says, Who wilt thou not? Um, I'll go to the last part. It says, Faith without works is dead. And that's that part where Jesus says in verse uh, 29, He says, But those, but from those who do nothing, even what little they have will be taken away. If you're rooted in faith in yourself, you will always fall short because you're always limited in your humanness. But if you're rooted in faith in God, you will always double and triple and quadruple and continue to increase your talents, your abilities, and your abundant life and expression of your spirit. Do you get that? I doubted myself, and I tell, tell this story to you guys a lot. I doubted myself, and I decided to stay in business management when I was going through my divorce from my second ex-husband. And I was thinking that I wasn't good enough. I, it was, like, interesting because I felt like I failed at that. I couldn't get this man to love me. And the truth be told, I knew he wasn't a match for me when I met him. There was these red flags there, but I was given the benefit of the doubt. Maybe if I be this way, he'll change. Maybe if I be that way, you can't do anything to change another person. That's just the truth. And when I got that deep down inside of me, which was a couple years after the divorce, after going through feeling failure and feeling like even my gifts and talents, who I was and who, and I know I'm a unique person and I know I'm a lot, and I'm okay, husband, if, I mean, if you say amen, Howard. Because <laughs> I know I'm a lot. When I first met Howard, I shared little pieces of myself because there's a lot of, that I say and do and be that's different. And unity is not, not, you know, people don't understand when you talk like unity a lot. But he got it. And I share a little bit more. And he got it. And I share a little bit more. And he got it. But there was a part of me that felt so much like a failure that I didn't go into being in ministry. I didn't speak up often when I felt led to share something to some, someone, especially when I was at work because I was in retail management and you're supposed to be selling to people products, not the presence of God. So sometimes I'd be, be behind some racks praying with people because they asked me to pray. But what I'm saying is, it wasn't until I said yes, but it was from my relationship with God, talking to God. I know you're calling me, but I don't feel worthy. I've messed up so many times. I've done this, this, and that that wasn't the shunned upon. I'm on my second divorce, actually third divorce, because I 
divorce my first husband twice. I'm beating up on, on myself so much that I don't even feel worthy to step into living the gifts that I know God gave me at that moment. But I love the idea of never giving up because I kept talking to God. I kept being in that relationship with God. My daddy would tell me, nothing you can say will shock God. Nothing you can say will make God upset at you. Nothing you can say will turn God away from you. So I kept on keeping on. And I heard, in your process, Kelly, lies my perfection. I'm not calling you to be perfect right now. I'm calling you to step into your relationship with me, which makes you perfect. And when I did that, I stepped into being a minister. Nothing thrills me more than coming to church, calling you all, praying with you all, being there for your ups and downs, being an expression of God in something I know is my gift and my talent. And it is so, it's more than seeing a church grow. It is abundantly growing in me, and it feels so good in me. The talents that those people, that those uh, first two servants um, doubled does not represent something physical. It represents something deep inside of you that once you fulfilled yourself, once you've fulfilled it and gone to the next level of your evolution, there's nothing, no one can take that from you, and there's nothing can t that can touch that full satisfaction of being abundantly doing what you're meant to do. Even if it's, just, if it, if it's meant to bake and bless people from some nice pastries. Even if it's to, to serve someone by being a greeter. It might be write a check because that's what you have that you could give. It might be pray with somebody. It might be direct music. But you're alive when you do it. Think about what you are alive in when you do it. And I charge you to step into it more greater. And wherever it is that you're hiding away from doing it or being it, dig it up, please and become it because you will not feel fulfilled unless you do because that is the spark of God that unique spark of God that was lit up in you that little piece of light that was put in you the divinity that was put in you to be this spark in this world that will bless other people if you hold it to yourself you hold back the greatest part of yourself I got tired of holding back the greatest part of myself I got tired of doubting. There were several times I wanted to quit and go into ministry, go into doing what I was meant to do. I did it slowly, went into substitute teaching. And that still didn't satisfy me completely because I couldn't talk to the kids about God. Baby, you know you can do it. It's that God in you. You got it. You had to speak in code, cloak and dagger. I want to speak transparently and vulnerably in front of folks that I know are willing to grow with me. Do you guys feel alive? Yes. Yes. Do you feel alive in what you're doing in your life? Yes. Yes. Are you ready to take it to the next level? Yes. Yes. And it's okay that only a few of us are. <laughs> I'm going to say yes for all of y'all who are shy. Even if you're retired, there's more 
can, you can do. I love that Peter and Carl Schluter, Peter Albertson and Carl Schluter started the ukulele club, a little meetings here. Doing what you love to do and teaching others to do that. And it seems simple, but as people leave out, they got these smiles on their face. They're touched. The littlest things can create the biggest investment and the biggest profit that goes on for the rest of life. Amen? I'm listening. So as we move forward together, stepping into a deeper, 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 deeper level of faith, I want you to look at how this church has been growing. I want you to see evidence of faith at work. We raised over $50,000 in six months. You see evidence with the flooring. The flooring downstairs. And when you, lit, when you use God's resources through a state of stewardship, you get to get the best bang for your dollar. Faith found a contractor that could do all of this for less than we thought it would be. When you use your gifts and your talents with great stewardship, it means you're being guided by God. And you cannot be guided by God unless you're communicating with God. Amen? I'm offering something to you guys. I already got stuff going that will be a support for you all. Some of you may not be able to make it on these days, but on Wednesdays. But I have a Bible study class that's been going on for over three years now. And we can say thank you to Roxanne Berry because she wanted to learn the Bible more. And so she and I started doing Bible study together first. And then other people got wind of it, especially Elliot. Thank you, Elliot. Your spirit is in here. I feel it. And so we opened it up on Wednesdays from 1 to 3. It may seem like a long period of time. It goes by fast. And there's deep understanding you can get from it. There's several people who are here who've been a part of it. That's an option I have created for you guys to come in. Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m., we got meditation, y'all. You can come and sit, either on Zoom or in person. You can come and sit and feel the presence of God as you commune with the presence of God. So that's my commitment to you all is Bible studies on Zoom. You only got to be here for Zoom, for Bible study. Go on Zoom. Go on, to Facebook, on our website. Click on a link. I made it easy. Meditation, you can come in person. It's a lot better when you're in person, I promise you that. Or you can do it online. But I've created, I've helped you guys. I've opened up an avenue where we can go ahead and learn God together and commune with God together. You can use them or not. I won't judge. It doesn't matter. I'm doing it for God. And as I do it for God, it becomes a gift for you all. And it blesses me deeply. I want you to think of your way that you can actively give something that does not have a physical thing to it. Whether it's prayer, bless, touch, pray, something. 
even if you hug somebody who needs it, first ask them because we got the six foot six thing going on with the, co with the uh, COVID thing. So ask first before you give a hug. Let's close our eyes deeply. I mean, close our eyes and take a deep breath. I am ready to go deeper, God, together. I am ready to go deeper. Take a deep breath. I am ready to go deeper, God, together. I am ready to go deeper, God. Take another deep breath. I am ready to let you use me more deeply, God, together. I am ready to let you use me more deeply, God. Move me out of my way, together. Move me out of my way. Shine brighter in me. Shine brighter in me. Let my gifts and talents come to my conscious mind. Let my gifts and talents come to my conscious mind. Let me use them, God. And as I use them, God, bring them to the greatest capacity they could ever be. I'm ready to let you use me. Thank you, God, for using me. Take a deep breath. I am a powerful, individualized expression of God. Together, I am a powerful, individualized expression of God. Thank you, 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 God. And so it is. We let it be. Amen. Thank you. God bless you. Different is only dangerous 
and it fuels your heart so deeply you walk away knowing that power because he prayed from the power in him. And so did the rest of the team. Amen? Amen. Woo! Oh, my gosh. I'm all lit up now. I want to preach again, but I'm not going to. <laughs> so let's go ahead and gently close your eyes and tune into that one power in your heart. Take a deep healing breath, feeling prosperity and feeling what you feel led to give for today's love offering, for today's service. Take another deep breath. Let it settle into the consciousness of infinity that you are, activating your gifts and talents. And let's go ahead and affirm our love offering blessing together. Divine love through me blesses and multiplies all that I have, all that I give, and all that I receive. Thank you, God. Amen. Let's stand so we can do our prayer for protection. But before we do, I want, I feel, I'm feeling led to pray. So visualize yourself. Visualize all of us. And be, eventually we'll be able to hold hands and create that circle we used to do when I first started speaking here. But let's close our eyes and visualize a huge circle, all of us connected in this sanctuary, making a circle of spiritual love. And bring forth someone who you or people who you feel that we are praying with today. And I want you to call their names out as if you're calling them out into this circle. And if you are one that needs prayer, you can ease down into the middle aisle so that you can be a part of this spiritual virtual circle. And we're connected to those who are online as well. And so go ahead and call out the names of those who you feel that you're praying with. We're not saying praying for because that stimulates a sense of lack. We're praying with those people that they have what it is that their healing opportunity is calling forth. Call the names out. Faith and Debbie. <laughs> Ashley. Lisa. Dion. Rosie. Jane. Roxanne. Barry family. And God, as you're hearing these names, you can keep calling them out. God, as you hear these names being called out, the nature of each and every one of them is that power in you, that power that dwells in them, that is you. As they live in you, you live and move and have your being in them and in us as well. And so as we stand in the gap, praying for those who we know are individualized expressions of you, God, the Christ in each and every one of us tunes in and affirms and acknowledges the Christ in each and every person and in each and every situation that we're praying for, knowing that your Christ self will be demonstrated and manifested in each and every one of them in each and every circumstance. We thank you, God, for perfecting that which concerns us. We lift this prayer in the mighty name and nature of the indwelling Christ, knowing that that's all we got to say because you know what they need individually and you will meet every single need. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. And so it is. Amen. Now let's go ahead and pray our prayer for protection together. The light of God surrounds us. The love of God enfolds us. The power of God protects us. The presence of God watches over us. Wherever we are, God is and all is well.
Thank you for listening to this Unity of Farmington Hills podcast. We hope this has encouraged you, inspired you, and uplifted you. If you are unable to attend our Sunday gatherings but would still like to support our spiritual community, visit our giving page, unityfh.com donate.